I'm Stephen Crafty from Talking Design and we're coming to you from uh, RMIT in Melbourne and I'm here with a very special person called Suzanne Davies who's the Director and Chief Curator at RMIT Gallery in Swanson Street and one of her other roles is as a board member with the Australian India Council which is a federal government appointment for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade and Suzanne has been um, putting on some of the most interesting exhibitions in Melbourne for many, many years. Um, just as a background to some of the exhibitions she's put on, a uh, wonderful exhibition on photographer, fashion photographer and art photographer Robin Beach. There was that exceptional exhibition on Zandra Rhodes. Um, she also doesn't play it safe. She'll put on exhibitions that she feels are important and um, the recent exhibition at uh, RMIT Gallery is on Italian contemporary jewellery. It's on until the 14th of August and for those who are interested in contemporary jewellery and Melbourne has a strong interest in this area, um, it's definitely worth a visit. It's an extraordinary exhibition and you really need to take time to walk around the pieces and see it. So welcome to Talking Design, Suzanne. Thanks for coming in. Um, tell me a little bit about how this latest exhibition came about. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, this actually, I can, I can tie in the Indian connection back to this. Uh, several years ago, we toured an exhibition of Australian contemporary jewellery and hollowware to India. And part of the thinking behind it was to try to demonstrate that while Australia might have all these fabulous resources that we provide to other places in the world, like India, like precious metals and, and precious stones, we don't value add on them so much in the making. And the exhibition we took was very clever, innovative in terms of materials and innovative in terms of recycling. But there was nothing precious in it. Well, not precious, certainly, in the sense of, of uh, the fine gold, silver, diamonds and other, other things that, that uh, can be associated with jewellery. So after that show, I thought about what is it that causes uh, jewellers in Australia not to use the materials that we, we have, yes, that we have in abundance, but we don't value add here and then export. So when the opportunity for this exhibition arose um, and we were shown the catalogue and we were just blown away, I mean, they're just stunning pieces. And there's a lot of gold, a lot of use of, of precious stones, but in very, very contemporary settings. I thought maybe this would be an interesting opportunity to sort of counterbalance what seems to be a tendency to be very clever about recycling materials, but uh, not using... using yeah. Using precious materials. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we also, we'd, we were aware that RMIT has a very, um, a very key history in terms of the training of gold and silversmiths in this country. And if you look at the art schools where GNS is still taught, virtually around the continent, almost all of them are graduates of RMIT. So we thought, hmm, we want RMIT to sort of, we've shown schmuck, we had German 
predominantly yeah, German another work. Another amazing Another amazing show. Uh, we For had, those who don't know Schmuck, how would you describe it? Uh, leading contemporary jewellery from all around the world. Absolutely, absolutely. But but very strongly European and very strongly German-Dutch kind of nexus. And we had also shown contemporary Dutch jewellery. So we thought this was the perfect, not counterpoint, but was a perfect kind of demonstration that it's possible to work absolutely in contemporary language, but you could use... Um, precious materials mm -hmm. and look we've just been thrilled by the result I mean people are so engaged by it and I guess um, so it's it, it, it has a sort of dual role it's both demonstrating what's possible mm -hmm. it's exceptional in terms of the quality the craftsmanship but it's also still very much attached to its sort of history and the history of um, of Italian jewellery which is I think very important. Do you see, Suzanne, do you see veins running through this exhibition that you see in the development of contemporary jewellery in Australia? Because it expand, it extends, the jewellery extends from, you know, the mid-80s in this show right through to the present. And there's some things that do look a little bit familiar in terms of what our jewellers are doing. So do you see any lines coming through? Or I suppose I suppose what struck me about this this work was that it's so strongly connected to its own history. And you can see sort of um, um, Etruscan, you can see, you know, you can, you can read the history of Italian visual art in these works. Now, I'm very aware that um, jewels tend to be very well informed. I mean, the, the, the dialogue that they have with their colleagues in other parts of the world is seems to me a very, very lively one, and particularly in Melbourne. So, and there's a there's an emphasis, I suppose, on the importance of geometry in this show. Now, yes, of course, you know there are there are um, major artists in Australia whose work has some is in some dialogue, and I think of uh, Kalia Makigawa, yeah. for instance. But um, I I I don't know this that I would want to say there are direct Relationships. Relationships. Yeah. I mean, Robert uh, um, Baines has continued to use gold yeah. pretty extensively, but... Uh, I think no. there has been quite a strong movement in the last couple of years to using precious materials, though, in Australia. Well, I do hope um, so. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, look, it's quite an extraordinary collection. For those who um, are interested, the, the work is so varied. There's brooches, there's... Uh, bracelets, uh, there's um, rings, rings, lots of rings. Um, there's a wonderful piece um, that's kind of in the shape of an ear that was done from the mid-80s. A brooch. Is it a brooch? That's right, <laughs> yes. it's a brooch. But is it to be worn on the ear or simply a brooch? I, my understanding is it's a brooch, but I have not picked it up and turned it over to find out. Because it looks like you could almost slip Clip it over, over your, your ear. ear. Yes. Yes. No, I don't think that's the case. Oh, okay. Because there's there's also a very angry-looking pin yeah. through it that uh, would probably stab you in stab the cheek. Yes, I think you. <laughs> I think you'd end up with an injury. There's also one of my favourite pieces is um, uh, by Maurizio, and it's a just piece of um, uh, blackened, almost charcoal timber 
as a brooch and he, he shows two options. One's completely plain and the other one has a solitary diamond in the middle. And to me it just says everything about design. The juxtaposition between very rough and precious. I found it a very moving piece and I think, can you tell me a little bit about you know, some of the other ideas that are going through the exhibition? I suppose that piece is is particularly interesting because it it I think it captures something of the of uh, an aesthetic that's very particular to these artists, which is the most refined and attentive uh, respect and attempt to articulate the quality of materials without without sort of overlaying any decorative elements. Mm. You know, they have a kind of quintessential respect for the materials they're working with and they find very essential ways to um, utilise them so that the material speaks for itself. And that, I mean, is enormous pleasure. and It's quite sensual in its its very great refinement. But um, there's there's a video that you can sit through attached to this exhibition, which I have found so informative. Mm. And it features each of the contributors to the exhibition actually working their pieces, actually working with the material. And showing how they're And ideas. showing how they're ma- Yes. And it's, it is so revealing. Not the least because they clearly don't have elaborate... Stu- I mean, they have studios, but they work with some very traditional materials mm. and tools. tools. And it's... Um, it was. I found that quite reassuring. That you don't, you know, you don't have to be state of the art mm. to make the most exquisite and refined objects. You just have to be a superb craftsperson and have the ideas. And have the ideas. And that's the other lovely thing about mm. the what's revealed in the video. You see them actually working. Some of them work on paper, for instance, and they'll actually draw out the ideas. And in fact, drawing plays a very important role in the development of of the production, the creation, and then production of these, these three-dimensional objects. So it's, it's a most generous way to, to discover how these intricate objects are actually literally fabricated, actually fashioned. The, um, Maurizio also did some amazing almost 3D pieces, uh, very mesh-like, um, that almost remind me of, you know, um, Escher's work and, mm. um, and then there's he's done brooches where the gold's almost uh, with a, an embedded pearl that's almost popping out of the gold <laughs> so he's really they're really stretching materials oh. to things that you wouldn't normally associate precious materials with there's this other beautiful gold uh, uh, brooch again the pearl sort of popping through what looks like a, 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 a slit or a crack in the in, in the, the gold. gold it's just they are exquisite and the other thing I and very um, pleased about, I guess, is how beautiful the show looks in installation. Mm. There's this sense of, there's um, um, Pinton and Pavan in in one room, and and of course um, Pinton was the sort of the progenitor of all of this, and Pavan an equally or almost compelling um, influence. They're in one space. And then the rest of the, the work is distributed around uh, two other galleries. And they just, it's, it's like a maze that you can wander through. You feel very close to the objects. And there's a lovely still 
sense of calm in the space. And so your focus is absolutely drawn into the objects. I'm very, very pleased. The gallery lends itself perfectly to this kind of exhibition. Yeah. Now, is this the first time this exhibition's been outside of Italy? I believe so, Which yes. is quite a coup. Yes, oh yes. I mean, how difficult was it to actually get so many precious pieces in the one exhibition? <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a logistical challenge and it's a bureaucratic challenge. But our Italian colleagues were wonderful. I mean, once they'd, they'd committed everything... You know, no matter how complex the the uh, the legal side, no matter how frustrating the sort of the uh, financing of it, everybody just came in behind it. But these things are always complex. It's, <laughs> I mean, you, when you see an exhibition, it always looks so seamless, and you can't imagine the layers of, <laughs> of difficulty that sit behind. There's also a, a, quite a quirky and delightful sense of humour in many of these pieces. There's brooches that almost look like have little miniature bodies um, attached to the inside of the gold linings of the walls, brooches. And um, so there is that humour that comes through with um, a lot of the work people like um, uh, Maria Rosa uh, Fronzin. Um, she's got these little red little um, leg-like um, protrusions in each piece that are quite, um, well, they, they're just quite delightful. I mean... It's, it's intriguing to see there's some clearly geometry and the sort of that, that spiritual dimension of geometry sits behind many of the works. But, but there's also a tendency to move into um, representational forms. And you've picked up on the playfulness. And you can play when you're absolutely across and in control of your materials. But there's also um, there's a kind of very Italian attachment to the human body. <laughs> Just, you know, it's like it bubbles to the surface. Tell me a little bit about the Padua School, because it is a bit like RMIT, a very well-respected uh, gold and silversmithing school established in the 50s? In the 50s, so yes. So before RMIT was established, tell me a little bit about the school and for people well, who don't know. The school began with Mario Pinton and and he's described as the protagonist, but it seemed to be more, um, it began out of, of dialogue and friendship and high regard um, for particular individuals. There's a very yeah. strong sense of deep respect for both Pavan and Pinton, and deep respect for the staff who continued to teach there. And this is a feature of that I find very interesting, and it's not necessarily the case in Australia. We, we in the broadest sense in the arts, are very quick to think we only want to know about what's new, mm. and we're very quick to let our founders our founders disappear. It's as if we. I don't know what our, what imperative yeah. there is behind that. But here there's a sense of we build on tradition. And history. The, the, yeah, the Italians build on tradition. So out of that developed this particular school of, of, um, of gold and silversmithing. Now what's interesting in the school to me particularly is that students are allocated to a teacher and they may actually work in that teacher's studio. I mean, there isn't, there aren't wonderful studios as we have at RMIT mm. to, to, to come into and work with, with state-of-the-art mm. equipment. Nothing like that. You actually go out and you work 
you know, like an apprentice. Like an apprentice, yes. And maybe that sort of bonding is what helps maintain that sense of um, of tradition. But it also, I mean, it's also tied to a sense of of a family in a broader sense. This exhibition is also very important, I feel anyway, that it's it's not just for those who are interested in contemporary jewellery. I think it goes well beyond that. I would imagine people who are interested in sculpture, architects, designers, interior designers, fashion people, anyone you can think of related to design. I think each piece can be read in so many different ways and can influence and inspire in so many different ways. It's interesting, architects sometimes say to me, oh, you know, I might say to them, oh, have you seen, you know, this exhibition at this jewellery exhibition or that jewellery exhibition and there is that uh, chance occasionally they'll say oh no well it's jewellery it's got nothing to do with us I think it's a shame because I think these pieces of work are like mini buildings you can actually see them there's one there's a couple of brooches um, in the exhibition that are actually scenes of farms uh, there's little bales of hay that are kind of tied up on a gold brooch with little diamonds almost quite raw. They're raw raw diamonds banded with fine gold um, bands or fine gold threads and it's almost like they've been wrapped up. And then there's others that have this lovely um, undulating topography that suggests the, the dirt. So if that's not architecture um, and the environment, uh, what is? But is it something you feel more people are becoming interested in or you think you still people see it as oh it doesn't concern me it's contemporary jewellery oh, I think you've captured the quality of, of uh, many of the pieces they are decidedly architectural and the if you look at the different planar re- relationships to unfold them you realise they're actually extraordinarily I mean they would they are three dimensional mm. forms that, that uh, require a very high level of sophistication to actually construct. No, they're very, very, some of them very architectural. No, you're right. I mean, they speak to a whole range of, of disciplines. Um, I don't know whether it's... Uh, I don't know whether one could say this is, this is trending in any mm. way, but certainly if we... If the response of audiences is an indication, it's a very mixed audience. And it, it intrigues me that it's very much cross-generational. So it's not, you know, it's not um, peculiar to any one generation. It's young and very mature. Mm. It's um, both male and female. And it, from what we can see from the responses that we've had, there are people drawn from all sorts of disciplines who are engaging with this. And I think uh, it's, it's so wonderfully tactile, yet you know it's the ultimate in refined finish. Because a lot of the gold pieces, for example, don't even look like gold. That's right. There's um, a piece that I'm looking at at the moment, uh, looks like origami, <laughs> and uh, the gold's been almost dyed into the most magnificent colours. It's anodized. It's actually. anodized. Oh, okay. Um, and it almost has that Indian feel through it, mm, mm. which is... It's it's interesting. I've, I was recently at uh, the Venice Biennale, and there's lots of examples at Venice of of this sort of transformational treatment of materials. I mean, it used to be called trop loy, of of making one thing look like another. And our, our Australia's artist at Venice 
Heniamanius is is a great um, caster, and he's able to make sort of quotidian or mundane objects out of the most remarkable materials through casting. So there's an element of of that transformation of materials, but it's also the materials are so worked if you know if mm. it's like you you know that a hand has touched each touched piece. these pieces and that i f- i particularly mm. respond very well to that look i think it's just been a pleasure having you on um, i think the exhibition is another highlight i mean if i was to go through all the exhibitions you have um, put on over the years i i couldn't I couldn't list all the ones that gave me pleasure, but Philip, Philip Tra- Tracy, Tracy ah, I yes. think, was a, it was uh, one of those exhibitions that if you didn't see, I think you missed out big time. It was each piece was displayed in a case. It was uh, all the room was black. The cases were black, and each piece was illuminated like a piece of sculpture. You walked in, and look, your heart didn't race. It yeah. went through, you know, it went in overdrive and it was extraordinary and I thought my god this is unbelievable it was I'd never seen anything like that and I think that's what's interesting about the exhibitions you put on is some of them are just so out there and you you think where to next and it must be very hard to actually come up with well we did Philip Tracy you know and we've now got a very high benchmark then we did Schmook which was another extraordinary exhibition now we've got the Italian contemporary um, exhibition it must be very difficult raising the bar all the time and creating something that excites you and you know will excite other people I suppose. Look, we're, and we're just to to uh, to explain for a moment. We're talking Philip Tracy, who is, who has been designing the Duchess of Cornwall's hats and designed the hats for the princesses, um, for the recent royal wedding. So, um, just so people have kind of fixed on who Philip Tracy is, um, it's look. People are amazingly creative, and we just keep our antenna. You know, oscillating. So while it it sometimes seems as if you'll never be able to do something as magical as you know the whatever show you have on at that moment, and we do tend to fall in love with every show we do. <laughs> I have to admit, but but um, there are just infinite possibilities, and the, the important thing is to have an open mind. So, uh, and it's also important we think about what will look good in our space. You know, what will work. Mm. Within the confines of of, and of RMIT Gallery. Suzanne, what's coming up next? Ah, well, we have two exhibitions coming up next. One is called Space Invaders, and it's looking at the stencil collection, the contemporary stencil collection in the National Gallery of Australia, um, with a very strong representation for Melbourne um, street artists, and uh, a, 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 a bijou look at the work of Tate Adams, who was, of course, established the printmaking department at RMIT and who's a very, very distinguished senior member of the printmaking community. Very exciting. Well, look, thank you so much, Suzanne, for coming in to my pleasure. Talking Design. It's I'm um, an avid fan of, of almost everything that you put on and uh, there are exhibitions, including the Robin Beach one, that I have... I literally was um, there every second day. 
So, look, thanks, Suzanne. And um, it's been just a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.